And that is that you just all's well. Like everything that we're going through at the moment, we should be going through. And whether you have a very religious view and higher spirit, yes. they're, they're all kind of intertwined. So this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And so that yeah. mantra really held me for a long time. Welcome to the Winners Find a Way show. I am your host, Trent Clark, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, international speaker. But most people know me because I spent over 12 years in professional baseball with the Detroit Tigers, Cleveland Indians, and Los Angeles Angels, appearing in three World Series as a coach before I was the age of 33. Our Winners Find a Way show is all about how the 1% have found a way to overcome those challenges when faced with losses and losing, winners find a way. I love the quote from the Four Disciplines of Execution book written by Christmas Chesney and Sean Covey. The quote goes, winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. Won't you join us and discover for yourself how you can win too? Welcome to the Winners Find a Way show, episode seven, featuring the CEO of Rapport International, Wendy Peace. She is running a Metro West Boston translation interpretation services company specializing in marketing, legal, and medical life science translation. You will not want to miss Wendy and I discussing the importance of communication, language, and cultural global marketing, clear writing, gratitude practice, Finding the Right Place, and Language and Culture. She has lived in Mexico, Taiwan, and the Philippines, where she fell in love with the richness of international cultures and came to understand that we are all human, no matter the language we speak. Catch us on this great episode of the Winners Find a Way show. Today, I welcome my good friend, Wendy Peace. Hi, Wendy. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Hey, I spent two years in girls softball when I was a kid. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. Heck yeah, that counts. <laughs> I love I love girls softball. Like uh, It's competitive and uh, it's fast. Uh, it's a fast game. So I love it. Well, um, in fourth and fifth grade before they really took off and did uh, it. <laughs> It, you're saying it wasn't so fast just yet. No, you know, the bad news bears. It was kind of like that, but we never yeah. got good. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I had to, I just tangented. That's awesome. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about winners find a way. Um, so if you're tuning in for the first time and we interview a lot of really exceptional people on our show and it's really awesome. And Wendy's no different as you're going to hear here. And our show is to think about as a listener, have you ever faced adversity, felt like the losses are mounting, you need to find a better way, well, you came to the right place? Because whether you're an entrepreneur, an athlete, a business owner, you want to be a leader one day and you're on that journey and you want to be elite one day and you want to be on that journey, this is the perfect podcast for you. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the hard things and the roads that uh, come along, but first, Let's introduce Wendy Peace. So, and I'm going to have a time at the end where you can ask some Q&A. So, Wendy, let's first, before I introduce you, tell people where they can find you because you're a brand new author and tell them where you can find the book. Oh, yes. So, 
You can find me, uh, yeah, I mean, you can go to my new website, which is wendypeas.com. So it's spelled W-E-N-D-Y. And then Peas is P is in Peter, E-A-S is in Sam, E.com. And that'll take you to my Rapport International website. It'll take you to my LinkedIn, um, my Instagram, my Twitter, whichever, whatever platform you like. <laughs> awesome. I also like that... Um... You know, and if you don't know how to spell it, her name is right there on her tag, like right there under her video. Like if you can't see that now on the podcast, they won't be able to see it. Right. So I'm glad you spelled that out. Very thoughtful. Uh, let's talk a few highlights about Wendy's piece. Uh, you're the owner and president of Rapport International, the Metro West Boston Translation and Interpretation Service Company. And you specialize in all sorts of different things, marketing, legal, medical, life science, translation. Busy. You're busy over there. We are busy over here. Yeah, I we like do everything that. high quality. So as you know, Google Translate hasn't taken over the world and made us able to communicate with everybody across languages. So there's still a need for high quality translation. And that's our specialty. Nice. I mean, hundreds of companies, a lot of a lot of them people will know. I mean, 200 plus languages and cultures. That's, yeah. uh, that's pretty awesome. And then of course, if you're a... Uh, Creative entrepreneur, MBA from Tuck, which is no yeah. joke at Dartmouth. If people aren't afraid with the Tuck School of Business, if you're not familiar, at Dartmouth College, which of course is the Ivy League, right? <laughs> yeah. I went to Penn State and partied undergrad and then uh, oh. went to Ivy League afterwards where I ah. actually learned and applied myself. <laughs> and <laughs> I got very serious in my graduate. I got serious. Okay. <laughs> You are a frequent speaker, writer. Uh, I have been on your podcast, actually. Yes. So you're a podcast host. Um, you're a master networker. And, and clearly, because of the translation business and uh, for both social and personal, you're an avid world traveler. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then you're passionate about connecting people, especially across languages and cultures, which I think is so important. And if you, st- if you saw my fun story Friday that came out, I talked about a fun story of connecting in Abu Dhabi with some people. And uh, you've lived in Mexico, Taiwan, and the Philippines. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I have an office in the Philippines. Oh, that's fantastic. I don't yeah. think I knew that. Yeah, I have employee yeah. there and um, love it. Uh, there's a lot of good work and we're looking to potentially expand that environment. And yes. uh, I've got uh, an assistant that works very closely to me, like daily, that is out of the Philippines, which I really enjoy. So, so I went to hire an assistant in the Philippines, and I ended up with one in Kenya. Oh, did you? Right. <laughs> yes, Linda Cherwin is doing a great job for us. Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh-huh. great. And is she is she Filipino by trade, or how did you how did you jump from the Philippines to Kenya? A referral, just through oh, networking, okay. and somebody said, "Oh, this friend of mine lives in Kenya. Maybe you want to talk to her." And I talked to her. She had uh, gone to this. Uh, to college in the United States and she was setting up a virtual assistant, you know, where you could hire her. And, sure. and so we brought her on and been working with her. Fabulous. Now what's the yeah. hour time difference between you and Boston and Kenya? I don't know. It's about eight or nine hours. I think that time zone change just happened. So I forget, but you know, in our business, we're working with people all over the world. And that's why the asynchronous communication has been so wonderful, because we can use chat and Slack and email and still get work done. Yes. So we have a 
a weekly call that we we do that we scheduled that works everybody's time zone. But other than that, we don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah, so great. I should know. It's a yeah, good that's question. It, right? yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> if you're working really closely like I am, I mean, I have to know, right? And I have to think about it all the time. And of course, yeah. in America. So if you missed that, we, we, we timed out for a second. They're on a network error. But um, if you missed that, we're talking about a little geo-arbitrage in our advanced offices offshore. Wendy's working out of Kenya, and I have a group out of the Philippines. And our Philippine office is 12 hours right now. It used to be actually 13. And then we did daylight savings and they didn't do anything. So so now we're back to 12. And and that's really nice for me because at least I can remember it, right? Like I'm like, oh, okay, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, that's 2 a.m. I can't call her. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I shouldn't do that. You know? it's, and it's so easy yeah, now. So Kenya is seven hours ahead of Eastern time. So I had, oh, okay. to, I had to look. So yeah, I didn't think it was much of the Philippines, but yeah, yeah. No, but we don't call too much. We're doing it all with the asynchronous. Yeah, I love that. And what I also love about it is that for a lot of entrepreneurs, we don't typically work on three shift programs, but all of a sudden we have that ability mm-hmm. as this asynchronous works. Hey, people are wrapping up and then here are new seven hours that someone's, hey, I'm just coming on now and, and I'm going to yeah. get a bunch of things done. And so uh, productivity is ramped up a bit under this model and it's uh, it's a pretty cool program. So it, let, when we talk about, I asked you to come on and, and of course we want to talk about your book, but I actually come on and when we talk about winners find a way, we had a little pre-talk about the show and what we do and what we talk about. And then you're a world beater as an entrepreneur and, but you're why, why do you come on a show like this and talk about some of the challenges, Wendy, some of the tough things in your life that you've, that you've weathered along the way, the sacrifices you've had to make to get to where you are today. Why, why is that important? Winners Find a Way show is brought to you by data-driven operations powered by Journeys. Journeys is a software solution that helps you create a winning formula for your organization. DD Ops powered by Journeys helps you act as one, see as one, work as one, play as one, win as one. Are you looking for visibility, coachability, and productivity amongst your team? DD Ops is your software. Click on the link in the show notes to learn more. I mean, I've just appreciated when people have been very open and honest with me about what they've gone on in their life, because there's so many people that just look like they have it all together. And when you, you know, dig a little bit deeper, you realize that they're, they don't, they're really sad Mm. or they've got big struggles at home Mm. or they're confronting something that you never knew about. And, you know, we like to smile. We like to talk about the good stuff, but the complexity of life, everybody goes through it. Yeah. When you were saying that, I, I, I thought about like that perfect onion at the store and you're like, oh, that's such a beautiful onion. It's a perfect shape. <laughs> and then you start peeling and you're like, oh my gosh, this is an old onion. Like there's bad parts inside, <laughs> but it looks like this gorgeous onion. And you're like, and I thought, wow, I wonder how much I look good on the outside and the inside. I had one of those days yesterday, right? Where I, I, and I don't know if I look good on the outside ever, actually, but like I'm, I'm trying, right? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the stress is getting on me. I, I need some personal time. Like I need, I need to just take a step back. I can feel my impatience. Well, I was, I was not at my best. And I'm thinking like, hey, certain days I probably look like I've got it all together and the whole thing's a train wreck. And other days, I think I have it all together, and, and, and everyone else knows it's a train wreck, right? So, yeah. 
But yeah, yes, you, you, yeah, you were talking about that. And then also how um, fruit and vegetables have been um, bred. You know, you can buy a perfectly beautiful apple and then you take a bite and it tastes lousy on the yeah. inside. So yeah. there's yeah. this inside and outside and, and that journey of trying to make them match. Yes. Yeah. So important. So important. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's, um, let's get into uh, the show a little bit. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Tell us a little bit about first, before we get into some of your background, tell us about your book and why you wrote your book. Sure. Well, this is my book, The Language of Global Marketing, and it's about translating your domestic strategies into international sales and profits. And I wrote it because less than 1% of U.S. companies export. And of those, 98% of them are small and mid-sized businesses. So the opportunity is huge. And the federal and state government provides free counseling and free money. They, they give grants to companies to help them export. So the opportunity is huge. And business owners or leaders or marketers are kind of afraid to do it. But way, with the way the internet has, has you know, flattened the world, as the, the book once said, or mm-hmm. as we've seen yep. through COVID, yeah. we're all connected. Sure. So I... Um, because of that, I wanted to provide something that would help uh, leaders figure out how to do it rather than feel like they're coming into it blind and they don't know how to start. So that's what the book is about. That's so good. Well, and what a resource, right? Because we don't know what we don't know. And and the nice thing about it is it's, it's there. Information is there and we yeah. can get that relatively easily. And now you've prepackaged that. In a very quick jaunt of a few hundred pages of like, hey, how do you navigate this yeah. world? And uh, I love that. Like, what a tool. So yeah, let's and, jump and, into... And, you know, if you're you're curious about it, it's... Um, I included a ton of funny stories because, you know, between language and culture, there's always, there's always hysterical stuff happening and words that there's no translation yes. for and misunderstanding and colors yes. and expectations and what do you put on the package and... What happens if you use a bad translator? How do you avoid doing that? So I loaded it with funny stories. I added some research in there to, you know, help define opportunities. So I'm hoping it's helpful. I'd love for you to find it on Amazon, buy it, and then leave me a, a review. So I, you know, I, I know perfect. how to get better for my next book or if it helped you. That's awesome. Okay. We'll look for comments from our audience. That's for sure. And then really identify with that, by the way, as you talk about cultures and, and navigating that water. And we've seen this a couple of times in America where you see people and they're like, hey, they got their thumbs up on the book. <laughs> and I was out, I was, I was internationally speaking and I was in a culture where this doesn't mean A-OK, right? Like yeah. I'm in this culture where this means kind of like, hey, up yours, right? And so I'm like going, and we're going early on. And fortunately for me, and I think we talked about this on your podcast, was fortunately for me, uh, we were just in soundcheck, right? And I'm like, hey, it sounds really good. And they're like, like what did I do? Like, And everybody was offended. <laughs> right, because like, putting the thumbs up sign meant oh, everything was okay. But yeah, you also have to be careful exactly. the, the okay sign because that can be offensive too. Yeah. Yeah. You learn the so hard I'm way. Saying, yeah, and I haven't even said words yet, right? I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> 
like just <laughs> gesturing things and I'm already in trouble. But but the lesson uh-huh. was great because someone was kind enough to pull me aside before I spoke the next day, which would have been really good in front of 1,500 people. And I'd be like, you're going to be a world dr- <laughs> like, What a champion you're going to be. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I don't think that's good. So yeah, yeah. If you so, watch world leaders when they speak and they're taught to use their hands with not a closed fist because that looks threatening, but it's slightly open like you do with the thumbs up, but the yeah. thumb is down. So uh, oftentimes yeah. you'll see them just speaking with that kind of closed mm. hand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's almost like there's a clicker in there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do anything to, to make any one gesture, none of this, this, this that, none of that. I'm just, I'm just ready. And, and don't let go because if you let go, something bad can happen. Oh, that's good. That's uh-huh. good. But that's so, the benefit of speaking with an interpreter. Before you ever present with an interpreter, you meet with the person mm-hmm. and you say, okay, give me you know, I was thinking about using these jokes or yes. I, you know, what are any hand gestures mm-hmm. I need to be careful of? Or what are some signals you can send me if I'm going too fast? What are cultural things I need to be aware of? Mm. So an interpreter can act like that cultural broker for you. Well, and I've learned that from you, actually, which you were really helpful as we talked about this, because I use interpreters a lot when when speaking internationally. And we were just having a discussion three days ago as I'm supposed to speak in Spain at the end of summer, and I'm looking forward to actually some travel, right? And, Yay! and got to go through COVID <laughs> testing and all sorts of things. But I'm, I'm looking forward to working there and working with some really dynamic people. And so I'm super excited. But like we were talking about, like, I think interpreters are really necessary. And so one of the things that we do with interpreters after I talked to you was we have them go to our Leadership at a YouTube channel and we have a couple private things they can view and say, hey, you can go through this and get the language now because 80% of this language will be used again uh, from this show. And so they have an ability to like, oh, what does that mean? I don't know. You should have known because you we sent it to you two weeks before the event. And You learned that from me? You I got did. that I idea? I, learned, ah, I got the idea from you. Yeah, yes, mm. to pre-pig share your yeah. materials in advance so they know what sure. they're talking about. Oh, that's exactly. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think if they throw tomatoes, I'll know they're not very good translators, right? <laughs> well, interpreters, because interpreters do the spoken, translators right. do the written. You're right. Yes, You're right. yes. Interpreters. You're right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So no, no tomatoes at you, I hope. <laughs> I hope not either. I hope not either. So uh-huh. uh, let's talk first about I mean, you're this, you're this champion entrepreneur. You've done some just fabulous things in your life. You're a mom. You're yeah. of two, and, and you're you're busy. And w- when you were a kid, was there a moment where you knew, like, hey, I, I can I can be a Ivy League graduate, you know, master's level student, and I can be owning a multi million dollar company, and I can be, and I can be. Did you know that then? Was this set? Was something that that happened for you that turned? No. (laughs) What'd you want to be? Well, for a long time, I wanted to be a teacher. I mean, I love kids. So, and I taught swimming and, you know, so I love that. And I thought about it. And then at one point I told my dad that I wanted to be an interpreter. And he said, go become bilingual and learn an industry really well. And, you know, so I went off and I learned business and sales. And and so I never pursued that. So it was kind of interesting. Like five years after I bought the company, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I kind of 
I got in the industry. I'm not working as an interpreter. And then it was interesting. At one point, I said, oh, I want to be president. And of the United States. Of the United States, because yeah. there's never been a woman. And that's, sure. oh, you know, that kind of annoys me. So I'm glad we have a woman vice president now. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what was interesting is when I bought the company, the prior owner said she called herself executive director because that made it sound like not the owner. If you ever sold it, it wouldn't you oh, know, yeah. cause a problem. Well, but after Hillary was running for president, no matter how you feel about Hillary, was a woman running for president, yeah. and she had the um, she had a shirt that said "Madame President." I thought, mm. "Oh my goodness, I'm running a company. Why am I calling myself executive director? I'm mm. going to call myself president." <laughs> so yeah. it was at that point that I changed my title. So you know, and I don't know under. You know, was that a good reason to be executive director? Was there some, you know, cultural subconscious about, you know, not being called president or, you know, whatever it was? Now I'm president. (laughs) What um, what was what was your first language you studied in school? What was like, oh, I got to learn this first. Well, I didn't pick because my dad was in international agriculture and we moved to Mexico City. And the school (laughs) that I went to was half in Spanish and half in English. Yeah. So So it it um, picked you. It picked me. (laughs) And I love Spanish to this day. I think it's a wonderful language and I'll watch Spanish TV sometime and speak it when I get the opportunity. Now I'm not qualified enough to do any of the translation or interpretation work, but you know, I can, I can facilitate a a simple conversation or vacation. So Mm, that was my first language. Yeah. That's good. All right. So, yeah, and it's cool that you've lived in all these places. So do you speak Taiwanese? In Taiwan, they spoke a lot of Mandarin. And okay. so I learned uh, there was an American military base there. So where we lived in a small farming community, we took um, a car ride for about an hour and a half to get to the military base school. So I didn't learn much Chinese. Oh, okay. But I, I did is, learn. Is, does Taiwan not have any of their own language? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, oh, there's okay. there's many, many Chinese dialects, and it depends on where you are. Mandarin happens to be a big one. Yes. But there's two forms of written Chinese, simplified Chinese and traditional Chinese. I, when I look at written Chinese, I'm like, it's hieroglyphics for me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I feel like someone's going to write on rocks. I, and, and I'm my handwriting's terrible in English. Like, this is beautiful. Like, there are pictures. Like, yeah. we're drawing small pictures, and I'm like thinking... Oh my gosh, no one would ever understand me if I was in China. <laughs> no, no. But, you know, they have keyboards with Chinese characters, so you can do. can do that, yeah. Yeah, that's what I would need. Yeah. Just like just like I probably need in English too, by the way. <laughs> um, so I love the quote. Let's move to this. I love the quote from McChesney and Sean Covey, right? Like they wrote the book, The Four Disciplines of Execution. It mm-hmm. says when winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. And, you know, as a sports person, I mean, that's so important, right? We have to adapt and overcome. Like, we're behind. How do we get back in the game? And all these things. And in business, you know, I I see so few businesses go back and review the tapes. Like, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? How do we really, you know, navigate this and and even know the score to know you're losing? Until their accountant goes, hey, you lost a lot of money last year. And that's that's the only score they know. Like, oh, my gosh, that's a terrible (laughs) result. What happened? So... Um, so we talk about that, uh, a bit of your background, um, that allowed you to overcome and become one of the 1%, right? 
owning you know, this, this elite company. Like you said, small business. I mean, it's 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 tiny. It's it's that's the big group. That's ninety seven percent. The million or more is the three percent. It's fractional, right? So when you were up against it, losing, found a way to come back and win, down but not out. Give me one of those examples of where you started, um, where that's where that kind of uh, resolve came in you. Okay, so you want to talk about a situation where I looked at the numbers and realized it wasn't going so well, Anything. or any time you were down and losing, and and you needed to come back. You you know, and and, and it's hard not to walk away. I mean, things are bad. Yeah. Like you're thinking like, oh, this isn't great. And we can talk personal or business. I mean, you got a pretty good personal story, which is business, where you were working and and then all of a sudden, you know, you're starting a family and they're like, okay, like uh, furlough, like we don't, wait, wait, like, like how does that work? Talk, talk to us a little bit about that one. Okay. So yeah, that, that one was, that was difficult. So I have two kids and I was laid off on both maternity leaves. So the first one was a venture funded co- company that yes. got bought out mm-hmm. and decided not to keep me on. And then the se- and then I decided, well, I'd go work for a larger global company, something yes. with more stability. So right. I was director of global marketing and they did away with the whole corporate marketing department, both of them during my maternity leaves. And that is cruel. It is mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Particularly when a woman's planning on coming back to work since yes. you know we needed the income and I liked work. Um, so as much as it sounds like, oh, you know, great. You had more time to stay at home with your baby. Right. It was, it was awful. Yeah. yeah. Great. I have home, but we have no food. Right? <laughs> like it's, it's great that I'm home more. Um, I don't know. I, maybe I can garden. So we have food. So I can start growing things. Not, not many, not many farms in downtown Boston. Right. No, so, no, no, no. I mean, so it's a tough one. So so you're down, but not out. What, what do you do? What do you tell someone who's in a tough situation like that? Like, what did you do to turn things around and change the trajectory of things? I had had my own business before I went to business school. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say, one of the things that you did, which is interesting to me, I wanted to jump in on this before you go, because you did one thing and you told us, you said, you know what I did the next time? I looked for big corporate and more stability and then it didn't work, right? Like, like you're, like it was a good, it was a good idea, right? The strategy seems logical to me, right? Did right, right. Logical at the time, right? Like, yeah. and you're like, oh, this has worked out so much better. Now I'm in this global environment. It's, you know, there's no way that could ever happen again. And I think you, you may own the world record for that, by the way. Like, does this really happen twice, right? Yeah. Um, but. That, so you did have a strategy and then it didn't work out. No, it didn't work right. out. All right. So, so, do you, so you did own a business before, which is a good preface of what you had to do. All right. So I owned a business before I went to business school and I went to business school to learn how to explode one. And so okay. I was like, yeah, I want to own my own business because yeah, I'll work hard, but I can control my schedule. So, yeah. you know, that whole work-life balance, it doesn't really balance your, your juggling all the time, but <laughs> I could be in control of it. And yes. so 
the only problem was is I didn't have an idea of what I could start. <laughs> oh, okay. So there, there I am, unemployed. I want a business. I don't know what to do. So I happened to go up to a venture forum up at um, Tuck, the Tuck School of Business. Yes. Yeah. And I ran into a graduate from there, and he he said, "Well, buy a business." And I kind of laughed, and I said, "Yeah, with what money? <laughs> I yeah, need right, to work. Right. Can I hog my car for it?" And he goes, like, What's my, "What do I got?" You know? <laughs> But, you know, those little seeds of ideas plant in your head. And I yes. came home and I got online and I started looking around and I'm like, if not me, then who? <laughs> so yeah. I started, I reached out to this woman that um, had started a translation company in 1987. Usually somebody looks at about 100 businesses. These are the statistics before they buy one when they go through all the due diligence. Yes. This was yes, the one that I went, ooh. This is really interesting. I really like it. I really like the prior owner. Things just blessedly fell into my lap. And mm. we took out a home equity line. And that's how I was oh. able to fund it. And then the next time I went to do an acquisition, I got a small business loan, oh. an, an SBA back loan. Sure. So there which are, are ways. Which are fabulous right now, by the way. I mean, that's, you know, I have a company. We do this, right? We help um, business owners get back in the game and buy a company. And we help seller sell and right now i mean that sba is so advantageous they've yeah. raised the amounts massively the rates are staggeringly low i mean and you've got thousands and thousands of baby boomers that are you know they're ready to go like they've they've done it a long time some 40 50 years and and they don't have someone to give it to they've got a transition so there's a lot of opportunity in that right now. So you you saw that opportunity and you went for it and got creative, right? You yeah, the just <laughs> off on a tangent, my superpower is connecting people. And I can't not say that if you know of a business that's a consumer product business that wants to go on e-commerce and is for sale now, I just talked to another Tuck grad who wants to buy a company. So <laughs> Okay, nice. So you're already marketing for somebody. That's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're out there and you have an e-commerce business. You're ready to sell uh -huh. Wendy Peace, she will connect you with your future buyer. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh -huh. That's awesome. Um, and that is a superpower for you. Let's let's talk about that, about that superpower. Um, as a connector in this world, I mean, I already see you as a connector being able to translate information yeah. from one person to another. That's connecting them immediately. I, I actually, I haven't told this story yet uh, publicly, but I will now that we said it. I, I should have used it actually this morning. For Fun Story Friday, but maybe I'll use it next Friday. When um, uh, I was in China speaking in, what's the, Beijing, what's the other big city? Shanghai. Like, yeah, Shanghai, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I was at NYU Shanghai, actually. And, and I had an exchange student. We were involved in exchange student programming. And we had uh, a young man from China that was going to school. And he was living in our house. And his father came down to Shanghai and met me for dinner. And he doesn't speak a word of English. And we got uh, the Wi-Fi. Actually, at the restaurant was the most important thing. And we did our whole conversation on Google Translator. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a perfect, perfect use for the yeah. Google Translator. Yes. Yep. Social, fun, <laughs> probably some misinterpretations along the way, but fun right. with it. It was social and yeah. nothing too, you know, we're not making million dollar deals or anything. So. Yeah. But what um, what a cool experience about connecting worlds and cultures yeah. um, and just with a phone. Right? And that's like, what I love about the technology that's come out. Mm. I mean, you really can 
facilitate those conversations that you wouldn't have really been able to have at all before. But now it brings laughter in and you're chuckling and you're trying to figure out, but do not use it on your website and do not use it for anything that can cause you a liability. I know so many stories about people have had, you know, missteps into markets or they've been offensive or, Mm. you know, so you got to really be careful about where you use it. Maybe I could be a part of your next book. (laughs) (laughs) As as offensive as I could be, right? Like, so, oh no. Yeah. I think that's a book, right? Like that is a book to recognize like this really happens. People don't think it happens. Like, wait a minute, you are liable for what you said there. And if you translated that improperly, people are like, yeah, they said, uh, yeah, I would never die if I, <laughs> wait a minute, that doesn't say that on the site, does it? Like, um, so let's talk yeah. about that superpower, that connection superpower. Let's talk about that. Like, how have you utilized that to, to help catapult you to that, you know, elite business owner? Well, that's all about what our company does. My prior company did that. It was about um, connecting. And then this one is connecting people across the world for a peaceful and proper, prosperous world. Because mm. I really believe if you can communicate across languages and cultures, you can make wonderful things happen. Yes. Um, so I, I like doing it across languages, a lot across cultures and making connections that really work for business opportunities. So um, I love it. I yeah. love it. That's, it gives me a real charge. Well, and I think it's one of those things that now that you say that, and especially the difference between an interpreter and a translator, mm-hmm. when I think about the great books, of course, the Bible, like how many languages has that been translated into, right? Oh, and how many different translations are there into yes. English too? Yeah. yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. so many, right? And yeah. So we find out how important communication is, right? Yeah. And I like to, I like to use that example when uh, I have these company owners who love to write the three-page emails. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> hey, listen, I, I think you may be getting lost in translation on this. Like, um, you know, hey, you think everyone reads the Bible and goes, hey, I see it the exact same way they see it, right? Like, <laughs> what did you read? I didn't. Wait, I didn't get that. Like, and, and yeah, we. All of a sudden, the longer and it's not direct communication and it's not pointed and it, and, it, and it's just rambling and people are imagining. I think their imaginations take off and the translation gets changed. And now yeah. you talk about cultures and barriers and we all have that. We have, you know, America's a melting pot, right? Like, so you, we all have different cultures that come into our companies from all sorts of different parts of the world and all sorts of immigration. It's been a foundation of our country forever. Yeah. And it's different. And so you start writing three-page emails, you're confusing people. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, yeah. You brought up some interesting things there. And I, um, we, we used to be the melting pot is how we referred to the United States. Because yeah. people would come in and they'd want to push away their culture and language. Everybody wanted to learn English and assimilate real quick. So go yes. into the melting pot. That's changed. I agree. People now come in and they're keeping their language, keeping their culture, and they want to. I mean, that's why we have Russian school and Chinese school and people are Mm. um, speaking Spanish more at home. And it's a wonderful thing because you think, I mean, there's so many words that don't have a direct translation and and foods and music and shows and, and, you know, that comes in. So it's now referred to as a mixed salad because you get the colors and the different textures and everything all in that's all woven together yeah yeah Mm. and then you were talking about the clear writing that's where we say you got to start because if you want high quality translation you got to write 
the original document in, in good English. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. And I like the, uh, you know, coming from, I, I lived in Chicago a long time. Most people know that. And we still have offices there. And, you know, and it always intrigued me because it was like, oh, Chicago, and, they, and it was self-proclaimed melting pot. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is an Italian village and all the Italians were there and Chinatown and all the Chinese live there. And like, like yeah. Polish all live here. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, we're not integrating. We're not yeah. moving with each other and, and, and mixing it up. We're not mixing that salad. Like, we're actually getting more segregated. And yeah. I don't think that's always great. Um, I love that the cultures are being brought in and it's really cool to, to see like, and, and one of the things those translates to me is foods, right? Foods come in and yeah. that's, and we so accept that, right? Like, ooh, it's a pasky. What's it? It's a Polish donut, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And pierogies and, and yes. taco, taco. We would have Taco Tuesday if it weren't for oh, right? cultures Come coming in. Yeah. Believe it. And who doesn't yeah. want Taco Tuesday, right? We all want Taco Tuesday. <laughs> every day. In fact, Pizza I'm, I'm, Friday. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was considering naming every day Tuesday so we could just have Taco Tuesday. <laughs> It is the food, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's my go-to. Right? Um, knowing knowing what you know now, back in the day, I mean, you know, you got a young family. You're trying to you're trying to navigate this. Um, would you have done something differently today? Like, if you know what you know now, would you have still taken the same path? Started the company earlier? What? Tell me a little bit about what you look when you when you cut. I, I don't want you to go back and. And relive it, but I would like you to review it <laughs> for a minute and just see, like, hey, would would you see it differently, and would you do something differently, and what would you tell somebody else who's stuck in that spot? It's interesting. I'm a very forward-looking person. Like, yes. I just don't have a lot of regrets or guilt because I don't look back. And part of that problem, my staff it could get a little frustrated with because I don't have mm. a much of a memory. I'm like, well, where was that document, <laughs> or didn't we do yeah. that thing before? So, yes. But if I look back, there's something over the last few day uh, or few years that I've incorporated in and one one I got from my coach Alicia Marie from People Biz and that is that you just all's well like everything that we're going through at the moment we should be going through and whether you have a very religious view and higher spirit yes. they they're all kind of intertwined so this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now and so that yeah. mantra really held me for a long time when I was going mm. through different difficult things mm. as yes. I can't wish it away. I can't change it, but everything's what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. And then the other is I started a gratitude practice a year ago in November. Um, so it's been about a year and a half now. And I used to lay in bed before I got up in the morning thinking about everything that I, you know, the things I wanted to get done that day to make it a good day. And I got up yeah. very, the to do's, the, the to do's, I had the, the to do shivers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And instead I changed it to a gratitude where I tried to think of it and not just the, you know, I'm gratitude, you know, I'm grateful for my health and my kids. And, but I tried to pick up special moments that I was gratitude mm. to really bring it down to the, and that, I emotionally handled COVID okay. Yeah. Um, it brought me through. It, it, it started my day off so much better. And I can imagine, th you know, it's turned into a lot of prayer. 
Yeah. You know, and I'm like, huh, this is the importance of prayer that, you know, I didn't do yeah, early on so in my good. life. That's yeah. So, so no matter how you do it, whether it's gratitude or prayer or thankfulness or something, I, it's just, it's made a huge difference in my life. And if I could go back and change anything, it would have to be incorporate that, that in because yeah. it, it, it really does make a difference. Yeah. It's some of the things we really, to me, we often overlook. We're pretty blessed here, just as a culture, yes. United States wise, right? And when mm -hmm. I hear people thinking like, oh my gosh, we have it so bad here, I'm like, oh my gosh, you gotta thicken up that passport because like we have it better than like ninety-five percent of the world, right? Like you have in options here. in certain pockets. I mean yeah, we right, still right. have problems in pockets no doubt. in the United States no doubt. that we need to no fix. Doubt. But yeah. but yes. But the opportunity yeah. even in those pockets, the opportunity is three blocks away. Like it's not forever. It's not unreachable. And and people have proved it time and time again that it is there for them um, and possible. Yeah, I love the gratitude. The other thing I find that if if I'm speaking gratitude into myself or into somebody else or helping others, like it's really hard for me to be down about me. Right? Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to be unhappy when you're smiling. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's tough. Or making so somebody else. My son did an outward bound and they had to do gratitudes oh, yeah. to other people. And so we started, yes. he's a teenage boy. We started giving gratitudes to each other at night. And boy, it's fun. It's yeah. fun to hear what he gives me gratitude about and what I give him about. And that really, you know, it's a neat way to develop our yes. relationship. Yeah. That's a great shout out to Outward Bound. Good program, right? Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, yeah. I can't say what? enough good about it. Let's talk about. Let's talk about that one thing, that one thing. I mean, and maybe that was it. Maybe it's the gratitude, but like, what's the one value or action that you'd recommend to others on their journey when things get really hard? Like when they, you know, I, I talk a lot about this, but one of the things that's really important to me, for example, is, is kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Cause when it gets hard, I want to know why I started this, right? Like there was a reason and I'm like going, oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Right. Because if all of I'm looking at is all the hard stuff and not remembering the value of what this was going to mean to me and why I got into it in the first place, that's been an anchor for me along some, some ways. And is there one thing that you kind of hold on to along that way when things get hard? Well, there's one thing for me that might not work for other people, but <laughs> I'll tell okay. you what it is. Um, and we were talking about how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, oh, I just don't feel it's so hard. But then we talked about being in corporate America. And I'm like, I just don't fit in corporate America. Yeah. If I had to think about going back to corporate America that that laid me off twice during maternity leave, and they were yes. different companies and different yes. situations and all. But I have to go back into that and try to figure it out and have the structure in my life and not the freedom. That's what I struggle with. And so mm. I would much rather have the stress on my shoulders of being an entrepreneur than trying to fit in a place where I don't work. So I guess that's what it is, is I found where mm. I fit and I have a team that I love working with. And when I did work, like I have good memories of bosses. Like I, Andrew Steth, I've just been thinking about him this week. He was one of the best bosses I ever had. Yeah. Um, and so that company was good. So I can't say all of them, but in if you don't fit in a place, find the place that you fit because life mm. will get a lot better. I, and I had that conversation actually this morning <laughs> with a client who we were talking about that. And, you know, we, one of the worst things I think for owners 
is letting people go, right? Like that's no one mm. wants to do that when you're the boss. You're like, oh my gosh. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, yeah. You know, he's tried hard. I and and I like I him. like him. I like yeah. her and and it's great. And uh, but you know, productivity, whatever. But like for me, um, I remember I remember when everyone you remember when um Jack Welch of the GE he came out and like fire the bottom 10%. <laughs> like, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, like what are you doing? Like you're just ranking everybody the bottom 10%, lump them and fire them. And I'm thinking like Oh my gosh, you know, I'm a competitive person. If I'm in the bottom 10%, A, I deserve to be fired. B, why would I be in the bottom 10%? I don't like what I'm doing. I don't enjoy the people. I don't share the same values. I'd want to, I wouldn't want to be there, which is showing up in our attitudes. It's showing up in the way we get our job. So like, I think I've let people go and I've, when I've let them, you know, uh, when I've unhired them, (laughs) right? Uh, (laughs) I've watched shoulders just drop, right? Of just like the stress of being in this environment where I'm not able to contribute as well as I could somewhere else or help and be a valued asset. And everybody deserves that, right? Like find that place where you fit and 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 you can be that contributor where right. Wendy can't wait to say, oh, I, I need you on this because you're so great and you're going to just knock yeah. this out of the park, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember years ago that we had a woman who was doing a job. She would, um, it was a doctor's office and she'd take histories and she did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why, but we needed a sales administrator. So we moved her into the role and it just didn't work. Mm. And it was so sad because here somebody was that was, it, it, who was in a position who she did really well at, but then moved yeah. over to another role. And just didn't work out. So it's no reflection on the person. It's just finding the right place mm. where you belong. Yes. I have a dark story about that too. I, and it's unfortunate. It was totally my fault, right? I I had a great person who worked for me. She she um, was always out front. And she was like the the energy and the smile. And you, everyone walked in and went, you know, hey. You know, I'll, I'll protect her, but like, where's Megan? Where's Megan? Like, yeah. you know, I talked to her on the phone. I just want to meet her. Just, right, right. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, hold on. I'll find Megan. Like everyone wants to say hello to Megan, right? Yeah. And, and, but Megan had an accounting degree and we really, we had a bookkeeper that left and we were stuck and like, wow, Megan, you think you'd help out? Like, and um, I, I put her in a cubicle working on oh. bookkeeping and I took her out of her superpower, right? I, I took, yeah. I took all her super stuff, and like, and then I, I, all this light that was shining on her, I like, I, I dimmed, right? And Megan was not, and she's still working hard and was a great contributor for us, and and she did exactly what I asked because she's a total team player, which yeah. was awesome, and, and and she was doing good for me. But what I didn't know was I, I didn't know I snuffed her light, right? And so. Imagine my shock at the nine month mark when she said, uh, Hey, I found a new job. Said, Wait a minute, Megan, Why? you can't leave us. Like, you're, you're part of us. Like, we love you, Megan. Everybody loves you. And, and, and I knew why. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I totally screwed yeah. up. I screwed up. Yeah. I caused Megan. She knew, Hey, I got to go back into the light. I got to go back to my superpower. And I'm going to, and she went and became an all star for somebody else. <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just lost an all star. Like, and it was all my fault. All my fault. It was your fault, but you know, I also hear that and I go, why didn't she come to you and talk to you about it? 
You know, well, so you if know? somebody, if you have a boss that you like in a company that you like yeah. and a team that yeah. you've grown, also realize that you have the right. Because if somebody comes to me and says, I'm not happy doing this, I'd rather do that. I'd rather hear it than have the yes. person walk out the door, especially when I like sure. them and productive. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's great advice for people because I often think that too many people don't do it. And, and, and yeah. she may tried to tell me that, by the way, maybe I'm a bad listener. She may have shown me that uh, like, oh, when he walks by my desk, she mu- he must see that I'm wrapped up in my sweater. I'm back here. It's not as fra- I'm not the same person. I'm walking by and thinking, I, I, I've got two reports due. I've got kids to pick up after school. Right, <laughs> like, right, I, I mean, right. Oh my gosh. Like, look at her humbled in her, you know, huddled in her corner. And this is terrible for her. I'm not thinking that in that moment. And, and, and you're so right. How do we communicate that with those mm-hmm. people that we care about? Because she may be thinking, he should know. He should know. And, and I do think that I should have known. I do think that. Oh. But I do think there is a part that there's probably a way she could have come forward and said, hey, listen, I, this is my superpower. I need to be here. And in order for me to make the best contribution for the team, I think it's really yeah. important that I get back there. Can I help you maybe hire a bookkeeper so I can get back to my superstar role? And I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. That's so smart. Like, let's just do that. Right, 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 right. And then I don't lose her. And that's yeah. what I love about the uh, EO Entrepreneurs Organization with the clearing the air. What is it? I, I yeah. mean, I'm new enough in a forum to figure out how it is, but it's really bringing, learning how to bring a difficult conversation up. Yes. Because yeah. I don't think bosses are the know-all, do-all, you For know, sure. can understand. Yeah. At, at Leadershipity, we do a lot of work with teaching productive conflict. We all have conflict, we yeah. Have, but yeah. a lot of it's not very productive, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's like, oh, you know, I'm screwed in this job and everything's bad. And hey, meet me in the water cooler and I'll tell you how bad it is. And I'm like, right? Wait a minute, why don't we talk about it and fix the challenge so we don't talk about that anymore? I'm like, right? Oh, I don't know. I never thought about that. I was just complaining <laughs> with the water cooler. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But if you're complaining, but, let's let's yeah. figure it out. <laughs> but we have a rule, so we have a rule on that, right? Like no complaining. And I and, and a lot of companies that we work for, like we we instill it. Like, um, there's no longer complaining. And, and so <laughs> it's, it's, you're not allowed to do it. So, like, what I like is like, so if I go into your office and you go and I go, oh, Wendy, this is so awful. This is what's going on. I start whining, right? Yeah. And you're like up. Oh, Chen, I'm going to get a T.O. on that. This sounds like a complaint. Why don't you go back to your desk, think through it, and come back and explain to me what the challenge is so we, and, and think about maybe two potential solutions that are possible. And let's talk about it. And I'm like, okay. So like 30 minutes, I come back in and go, hey, this is the challenge I'm having. Every time I flip this thing over to accounting, we can't get it turned over. Maybe we don't have the right information. Maybe we should go down and sit in a room and whiteboard providing the 10 things they need instead of going back and forth and we wait two weeks to get this done and, and build the right. And I'm like, oh, that's a great solution. Solved <laughs> in 30 minutes. Like, wow. And no complaining. <laughs> and complaining at water cooler and happy hours, which are never happy for, for, for <laughs> you know, six months, right? Right, right. Oh, it's so, uh, so, so true. And, well, you know, I was on a um, clubhouse last week with a bunch of people who specialize in, in leadership. Um, it's Sunday afternoons if you're interested in it. You'd be cool. a great addition. 
to be a speaker. Um, and there it was, it was fascinating to me because we had people from all, all over the world talking about what makes a great leader. And it came back to getting along with people, mm. empathy, communication, like all, they were all soft skills. No, mm -hmm. nobody talked yep. about knowledge. And then when we talked about global, like, yeah, that shows up in different ways and how you might communicate and yeah. how you recognize the hierarchy, but it was all that getting along with people and being able to communicate that, mm. that good leaders can do no matter where they are in the world. Well, and I think it's one of the reasons that you really see an uptick in women leadership right now. Let's talk about those skills that are needed. A, none of us went to university to study leadership, right? Like, yeah. I don't even know if there's a curriculum right now. Like <laughs> a couple of schools have it, but <laughs> most part, like if we were young, if you maybe did like junior achievement or something like that, they talked a little bit about that. Military, yeah. a, a way to go in to learn about some leadership, which was more of an authoritarian and an order of leadership. Yeah, we took organizational behavior in, in business good. school. Yeah, that's good. That was good. Mm -hmm. So when you think about um, those soft skills and you think about uh, when I think about we talk about the card, right? Like um, having an ace. A card is coachability, adaptability, responsibility, dependability. Well, you know, when you talk about women leaders, a lot of them are moms. Coachability, always trying to get better, open to to learning, lifelong learners adaptability. Uh, I've got three kids, two companies like they're adaptable all the time. Like, it's like, they're like the multitaskers of the world. Uh -huh. Responsibility. They've had it since they were 10. Like, yeah. uh, women are with responsibility. Yep. Yeah. Like I would leave my, my kid with a 12 year old girl, but you know, a teenage boy, like this numbskulls, like forget <laughs> it. Like, they can handle the responsibility. And then they do it time and time again. And they're, and they're put in roles of dependability all the time. I mean, if, if, you know, I think of, you know, when, when we think of our culture, we go mom equals dependability, right? Like, because they count yeah. on it. Like, and if, and when yeah. it's not there, you know, as a culture, we're up in arms, like, oh, not dependable. Where's the mom? <laughs> like, we freak out. Like, we feel like, he's not dependable. <laughs> right? like, like, oh, you can't be that, right? And so all of a sudden we find this tick about how, how valuable and what have we ever done in the world? That was that was exceptional. That didn't involve people. Nothing, right? Like you need yeah. people. You're gonna design yeah. something. You're gonna build it. You're gonna create it. You need people. So if you yeah. don't have any skills, like I don't like your chances. Yeah. Even if you think about, well, I'm gonna teach or I'm gonna learn something. Well, you go to YouTube and oh, and watch so something, good, or you read right? a book that somebody wrote, or that you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We need people who came before us who. who who did it and practiced it and lots of people trial and error and they, Oh, this worked great. And that didn't. And I so mean, here I, we are two two off the scale extroverts. We're talking about people. I want to hear what the introverts have to say. About yeah. This. Right. 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 Put right, your right. Comments down below. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> They're like, uh, hey, that's, that's, Except the introverts <laughs> will probably never watch or listen. Cause <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. uh, they want to know what probably the other yeah side is thinking. Right. That might yeah. be it. Um, so let's talk about, I want to, I want to, um, I want to finish with a couple things, right? Um, first of all, like so excited, like, you know, thank you so much for this time. It's been awesome. And I do want to get to a couple questions and, uh, I also want to give a shout out, uh, to Bob Cargill cause you know, he's, uh, he was on and 
he's pumping up, man. He's congratulating you on the publication of your book. And, <laughs> Bob Cargill's yeah. a neighbor of mine. I've been That's on awesome. his show. Yeah, he's a great yeah. guy. Yeah, how did yeah. you get to meet him? I, he's he's, he's he weighed in today. He's oh, on the chat. he's weighing in on the chat. Yeah. I can't see the chat. Hi, Bob. Right. There you go. Hi, Bob. Shout out. Shout out to your Shout show. Out. There you go. Yes. Um, so let's, uh, first of all, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on before we get to the Q&A. Um, I know our listeners see the value in the episode today. I mean, as we talk about this global marketing and the value of it and your walk through this and, and all how our cultures intermix. It's so cool. I enjoyed learning about that. I've already enjoyed learning a lot from you, of course. But um, let's talk about, is there one thing that, um, that you think that we haven't covered? Um, time for the best way to win. Is there something that you want to share um, with listeners that we did not touch on today that, they, that you feel like, hey, this is one of these critical things we can't pass over when we're talking about developing, when we're talking about you know, continuous learning, when we're talking about being the best? Yeah, I think um, so often we focus on IQ, which is intelligent quotient and how you measure yeah. smartness. Yep. Yep. There's also EQ and CQ. So emotional intelligence is spend time with that. Um, because if you can really tune into what your gut is telling you, what, mm. um, what you want to do, it'll help you form that vision. And then you can figure out a way to do it. You know, so it has to start with your, your heart and your gut, then go to your head before you can get to your hands and then, you know, do that gut check to make sure you're in the right place. And I think there's, I don't think we spend as, as much time learning about EQ as we do on IQ. So mm. I think as I've gotten so older, true. yeah, I've appreciated that. And, um, and then your cultural intelligence, just keep learning and Ooh, being open to other I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Is that CQ? What is that? CQ. Yeah. <laughs> Cultural quotient. That, some people call it that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We just released a podcast on my um, global marketing show um, where we did, we deep dive, we took a deep dive into how do you become intelligent about different cultures? And first comes with understanding your own. And Americans are really pretty funny when you start <laughs> looking at how we work. So. Yeah, focus on your IQ, how to do things and how to be smart and how to recite facts and know what's going on, but also touch into those emotions and learn about different cultures. Love it. Uh, tell, tell them where they can find you again. Uh, just go to wendypease.com or you can go right to Amazon. Here's the book, The Global Marketing Show by Love Wendy it. McKenzie Pease. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and leave a testimonial. And then my company name is Rapport International. So you can just look up Rapport, R-A-P-P-O-R-T, Perfect. international.com. All right. Love the EQ. We do a lot of EQ testing, by the way. And, uh, and I, I love just it. gave I you the, the, the wrong website. <laughs> oh, you did? What, was it? What, what website? Which one? Well, Rapport International is the company name, but the website is actually Rapport, I-N-T-L, short for international.com. Oh, that's right. It is I-N-T-L. <laughs> yeah. Whoops, 17 years. Okay. So yeah. anyway, you were talking about emotional intelligence. Yeah, no, you were. That was good. Uh, we, we're, we're happy to do it for you. If you don't know, like we do uh, testing for it. So um, I love it. And we do a lot of teaching around it, a lot of instruction. We have an exercise around it that I love and called Best Boss, Worst Boss. Man, it's uh, it's powerful, right? Like, Because 
we find out how much value and importance of how we interchange and, and, and influence people. How about let's talk, uh, first of all, before we're going to end with your verse, your verse that is absolutely your go-to. If you're kind of back against it, do you have a saying? Do you have a quote? I want to think about that. I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about your verse. And for everyone else, please follow the, sh- uh, the show. Subscribe to us, YouTube Live. We always do it on Fridays, 1230 Eastern, 930 AM Pacific. Please join us on the Leadershipity channel. We have a lot of resources. You can find us on Leadershipity, Trent M. Clark, on all the social media networks, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Uh, LinkedIn is probably our most common where we're at um, on social media. Also look for our upcoming ebook, The Pyramid of Leadershipity. Um, DM or email me and let me know what you think on the show. Always happy and thankful for the comments. Before we get to questions, please, you know, rate us five stars. Winners find a way. And we work hard to deliver value delivering stories of the 1% leaders. And of course, Wendy is no different. And now, like she's got a manual if you are going to be in uh, the, the global marketing space. So you please pick up that book. Wendy, what's your go-to today, your verse? And I have a verse that I picked out for you. And it's funny because um, you you actually alluded to it uh, as, you, as you talked about it. So go ahead with your, your saying. Uh, but I have it hanging on a post-it right here. Is, These are the good old days. <laughs> These are right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hard, hard to believe, right? Like, I know. Ten right years, now. we'll be looking back on this saying, remember oh, when, and something oh, so good, good will come out of today, you know? These are the good old days, so savor each moment. I love that. It, it does center us, right? Like, keep us yeah. centered. So as you talked about um, our hearts, right, when we think about um, – I, I pulled out Proverbs 4.23, which was, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do – flows from it. And it's very easy for us, in my opinion, like you talked about that emotional, to think logically, oh, well, logically that doesn't, what does your heart tell you? Like in a lot of things, like, um, and most people think we have input uh, uh, through our minds and through all the, uh, what we learn, but our heart is really what we need to guard about that character, about that integrity and everything else flows from it. So Uh thought about that when I thought of you, Wendy, and you have a big heart. So um, Uh super thrilled. Let's let's get to some questions um, for everyone else. Thanks for listening. If you drop, um, we'll see you on the next episode of Winners Find a Way, um, and that's next Friday. And we are in Phoenix, so we're excited about actually being on location, actually with uh, a guest next Friday. First question for you, Wendy, is you had values that you're practicing and even developing. What values are you practicing, even developing that you may that that made you change the way you see things or your perspective? Okay, so also up on my bulletin board up here, okay. I've got my company values, I've got my personal values, and then I've got my parenting values. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Do they do they commingle at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah, they do. Um, so our company values are connect. Well, which ones do you want to hear? <laughs> let's hear let's hear the company values and then uh, and then let's go to the parenting values because I hear personal values all the time. I want to hear the parenting values just because I'm looking to learn. You know? yeah. <laughs> no, right? Okay, so the company values we did as a team, and I thought it was fantastic that we're trying to connect. So we connect with our our clients, our providers, Mm -hmm. across languages, across cultures. We want to understand because translation interpretation is all about understanding. Uh, We want to deliver 
you know, on time and be reactive and responsive. And then quality. We're all about high quality. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And then our my parenting ones are that the kids are open to new experiences and trying, that they're honest. I've always told them, you can tell me anything as long as you're honest. You'll get a lot of trouble if you lie to me. Um, okay. That they're kind people, mm-hmm. that they're healthy, and that they're productive. Mm, love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, let's uh, here's a here's a here's a you've won a lot. Um, you've had a lot of success, but you've also been knocked down a couple of times. Um, what's what's the best battle that you've ever conquered in your life? I went through a divorce when the kids were young. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult. I was running my company and trying to support myself and raise the yeah. kids. And my my biggest priority was the kids and to raise them within those values. And yes. they're young men now. And they are very open. They're sensitive to other people. They've got good interests. Um, they're friends that are close to. They've got good relationships with. So I yes. think I think the divorce is the biggest challenge in trying to yeah. come through that. Mm. That's a good and that's a and listen. So many people have gone right, gone through that, and it's not easy. And it's, it's an, not easy. Um, that is a, that's a huge battle. And what a, what a success story! Like the 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 boys. I think that's pretty cool that the values have maintained through it all. So so critical. Super job. Um, so why don't you describe what that's like? I'd like to kind of play off that. Describe what it's like to be a leader uh, with two kids and divorced. And like, what does that look like on a daily basis? Are you sleeping like 90 <laughs> minutes a day? Or how do, you, how, do you, how do you do it when it was going down? Like when it was just, when you were right in the middle of the thick of it and you're talking about boys, you know, in their, in their single digits, right? And, and uh, um, navigating those waters. Um, it, it was all about perspective. So when the kids were young, I built my day around their school schedule. So mm-hmm. put them on the bus and then I worked while they were at school and then I got them off the bus and I focused on them. And And it was really hard for me because I am a driver at work and I did want to grow, but I kind of stepped back and said, you know, it's actually, it was good coaching that I had. Um, this isn't the, you know, I need to incorporate my whole life. Mm. Um, and I'll never regret the time I spent with my children. My business yeah. grew fast, slower um, when I was going through that. And I focused on what was the most yep. important thing at the time. And now they're older, they don't need me as much. And so <laughs> I wrote me. a book, I started <laughs> a podcast, <laughs> I hired a couple people. <laughs> yeah. I like working better than home projects. So. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You can hire those out, right? Yeah, or um, they can wait. <laughs> yeah, right? So that's awesome. Um, so you're, you're very um, self-reflective. Let's, let's end here. You're very self-reflective. And uh, when you take a look in the mirror, what is something that you see that other people may not be taking a look at in in their own mirror at like that they're that they're missing that you said oh wow i've got i've got to pay attention to this i got to notice this about me and be aware and other people look in and go i don't even see it right <laughs> i don't see anything like it's it, it, i'm missing it that self doubt like if i could go back 20 or 30 years ago rather mm. than being so critical of myself yes. or not understanding 
what I do bring. Like, I just wish when I was younger, I knew my self-worth. Yeah. And so when I look in the mirror and I start to doubt, I'm like, okay, hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> you good. were put here for a reason and, you know, and then try to go through all the good things, the gratitude things. <laughs> did you have people that fed you that? Like, did they encourage you? Did you hear that a lot? Like, I, I see, I see two things. Like, uh, I see people that never hear that, right? So it's easy to come on because if there's any negative soft talk, no one else is going to refute it, right? Yeah. Um, but I also hear people that hear it all the time and they just refuse it. Like, it's not true. I don't, I don't believe it. Even though they're being told it, they don't accept it. They don't let it in. Yeah. I don't think I let it in. Cause I certainly had people that, that mm -hmm. would give me enough or would say it, but I didn't let it in. But then again, you know, that's outside validation. Yep. And how do you bring that internal validation, yes. which is so yeah. important. Yeah. Cause I'm talking young adult, not young child. As a young yeah, child. Yeah, yeah. You need yeah. that, but for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, um, that's a tough one. And I think, you know, we, we always talk about it, you know, where people are the imposter syndrome and we all yeah. doubt. And I think people are always amazed that when you see like the best in the world or something and go, wait a minute, you doubted you, you were going to make that free throw. You like, like, yeah, like, <laughs> even, though, even though I've shot 100,000 in my life, right? Like this is an important one, right? Yeah. Uh, and and you've done it and yet there's still that creeps in it does creep in and yeah. um, i think I, I listen you can say go back 30 years i can say yesterday go back and say man i wish i could get that self-doubt away <laughs> like yeah um 30 years would have been really good but i just like to get rid of yesterday's yesterday's that. yeah <laughs> that was a hard day so yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, Wendy Peace, so thrilled and blessed to have you on and thankful. Thank you. And always, always fun to spend time with you. And so uh, grateful. So please join, uh, join us next time for Winners Find a Way next Friday, Leadershipity Channel, YouTube Live at 1230 Eastern, 930 AM Pacific. Wendy, thank you so much. Hold up your book. Go out and get uh, Wendy's book or you might just want to call rapportintl.com and get your translator services together, especially if you're going global, you're going to need it. Do it right. You're going to want to talk to an expert. So thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another Winners Find A Way show. I am your host, Trent Clark. If you love this episode, share this episode with your friends and Follow us on whatever podcasting medium you're listening to. If you want more content from us, join us at leadershipity.com or the Leadershipity YouTube channel. You can find us on all the social media networks at either Trent M. Clark or Leadershipity. For our award-winning workshop, Win With Great Teams, you can find that page on LinkedIn as well as our corporate page, Leadershipity. If you want to win more it starts with you today. Say it with me now. I have what it takes. <laughs>